Welcome to the best podcast you'll ever hear in your life. Swimming with Sharks, week number three. As always, I'm your host, Mike Carls, and I'm here joined by Eric Robertson. And the question I always start out with, Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. That's a pretty bold claim. Uh, best podcast ever heard, uh, regardless of topic. But hey, uh, we'll try to run with it here. Long day, but ready to get to this late. Yeah, well, I uh, I can agree. Uh, it's been a it's been a long week for me. We had an unfortunate passing in the family, so uh, been doing the rounds with that. Um, so my research this week, I've done it. Um, as extensive as previous weeks, I will not lie, it has not been. But, I have everyone. But no Eric, worries. Eric has Eric's going to pick up the slack. Um, but I think we do both have some good plays, and uh, so we will we will get into that. Um, first and foremost, um, the being the first few weeks here, uh, as we as we rack up the you know tons and tons of listeners that we that we get. Um, which I actually have no idea if anyone listens to this. So if you listen to this, tweet us. We're at, slowly gaining some Twitter followers. Yeah. So if you listen to our podcast, um, you're probably one of the few, at least right now. So tweet us at SWSDFS um, or send us an email at swimmingwithsharksdfs swimming at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And, uh, and that goes for anyone that happens to stumble across, uh, stumble across this little podcast. Yeah, and do us a favor, too. If you are listening, go ahead, uh, retweet it out once you're out this week. We're trying to get this thing growing here, so get some more people listening. Yeah, retweet it. If you have a Facebook, post it on there. You know, if you have an Instagram, maybe throw it on there. Uh, Eric's not huge in the Instagram <laughs> game, so he'll never see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, do it anyways, though. Who cares? About LinkedIn, you know, you could put it on there. Um, I don't know if you have your own website, put it on there. Just put it everywhere. Yeah, like we're not, you know, shameless little <laughs> plug. Just throw us out there. We would love to have, you know, even uh, five people listening to start, and then you know we can grow from there. Um, but let's first start out with before we get ahead of ourselves. Last week. Okay. Yeah, the, the Wyndham Championships, a.k.a. the Webb Simpsons Daughters Championships. Um, how how did it go for you, Eric? Um, I, I mean, it wasn't great as far as cashing a whole bunch. I'm pulling it up here right now. I guess it's – I only played one lineup. I know we talked about playing light last week. Uh, stuck to it. Didn't wind it too crazy. So only played one lineup. Uh, got six for six through the cut, but it was just one of those weeks where none of my guys really blew the field away. Uh, got much guys through. Uh, Sabatini blown up on the last eight holes. Uh, that's what kept me out from cashing last week. Are you done? I am. That's okay. all I had. Yeah, Are you ready it, for my rage? It, it was a boring week. Are you ready for my rage? What's your rage? So last week was the most tilting, raging I've ever been during watching watching a, a leaderboard for a golf event. Did you watch Sabatini shoot plus seven over four holes? No, but that's hilarious because <laughs> I told you not to play him. He was doing awesome until then. Yeah, and he's the reason you didn't cash. Okay, so 
I'm, I, I, I played it. I played a lineup. I'm like, cool. All my guys are not doing that great, but they're like, you know, all under par even. So I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I look at the stupid leaderboard on Friday and you have DA points. Who the heck is DA points? John Oda. He doesn't even have a player profile on PGA. You got guys like, you know, you have guys like old ass Jim Furyk. Just, you know, deciding to go out and shoot the best round of the year that he's had. You have Brent Snedeker, who's been playing pretty good, but, you know, just casual 59. You know, yeah. one of the only 10 players ever to do that in a, in a golf <laughs> tournament. Um, you just had guys like Stagmeyer, who's who's shooting well. All along, like all these guys that we had, you know, that we thought were going to be awesome plays are getting beat out by – I can't. John Oda is my least favorite golfer to ever play what, in a What did John Oda ever do to you, Mike? Because John Oda doesn't even have – get a profile, bro. If you're going to be a PJ, <laughs> I, I was tilting so bad. But the funny part about last week is I tilted so hard. One of my favorite plays, Duncan, last week, he was, che- he was cheap, 72. Didn't he miss a three-putter on the last hole? So he, <laughs> he once again you know, decided – uh, oh yeah, I'm about to make the cut uh, for the weekend. So yeah, oh, screw that. Yeah, let, <laughs> you know, let me just bogey the last hole to miss the cut. Someone um, probably called him. He had some plans for the weekend. He's like, you know, I need to get out of here. So, but the nice part of it was is at least the rest of my lineup uh, did pretty well. So I ended up um, basically breaking even last week after okay. after wanting to throw my phone and computer and John Oda out of a freaking window. Man, this is why I played light last week. Like there's an edge to be had in these really, really weak fields. Cause there are some times you can nail some plays that maybe a uh, average players not on and stuff, but there's also the other way you can go in these fields where like literally anyone can win. Or, like, anyone can have a huge finish because, like, the talent level is just so diluted by not having all the top-end guys in it. So, I don't know. Those fields are good. I feel like you definitely can get an edge, but I think it's also not a bad idea to maybe play a little bit lighter on weeks like that. I hope. It that. also messes the pricing all up. Like, what was Webb Simpson? He was, like, 11. 11.4, I think. Which he did good, but, like, Webb Simpson's not an 11.4 golfer. Like, I, mean, I don't care what the history is and stuff. Like, literally. Eric Sh- Stop bad talking, my boy Webb. I mean, he's just he not. He finished in second. He's not. He deserved 11K. his price he's, for that tournament. He's not eleven K golfer. He should have in that tournament. He finished second. Okay. And he named his dog, daughter Wyndham. Should freaking what's that dude's name? Who? The one who doesn't even have a profile. John Oda. Should he be eleven K next year when they play here? I mean, he finished eleventh. All right, so we'll make him like nine five. How's that? Probably. <laughs> I mean, if he's a Ryder Cup uh, team member, maybe. Oh, Love Simpson's one of the best golfers in the world. Um, can't finish. But I do want to talk about. I hope if you know if any of you guys listened last week, I did have. I really I had a bull call at the end of the episode, and it came to fruition. Sergio Garcia. Jeez, oh, what did he end up finishing? He finished. He ended up finishing. Uh, he ended up finishing. A, he got a T twenty four. That's not even that good for his price. Hey, he finished at twelve under. He must have choked Sunday because he, he was just way got even. Oh, yeah, he just. Didn't I just mean, that's choking even. on that course, right? Uh yeah. I mean, it's probably not the greatest score, but 
Still, T20, I think he was pretty cheap last week, actually. He was over 9K. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I think he was 9,200, if I remember right. I don't, I honestly don't think he was. I think he was, I think he was in the low eights. I don't know. Regardless, he did a lot better than he has, but not good enough as he's uh, still not making it. No, he didn't. He didn't make the, uh, he definitely didn't make the uh, you know, playoffs here. But. Really disappointed me last week. And he finished really strong, actually, is Neiman. I'm looking at right now. He shot eight under on the weekend, but he only got three under going on Thursday and Friday. So, like, he ended up finishing 33rd, and he just never really got into things because he just didn't get off to a good enough start. I'm looking right now. Oh, okay. You're right. Sergio is 9,200, but I think a T25 for 9,200 is actually not bad. Yeah, I mean, last week, price didn't matter. I left 1,200 bucks on the table on my lineup. Like, the pricing was just, you could play whoever you want. There was no restrictions as far as pricing. There were so many 7 guys I liked, and I don't know. I just felt like price was absolutely no factor last week. Yeah, my boy Duncan, you know, he, he was my he was my worst call of the week. He was he graded high in my model. I, I was all in on him, and he you know, decided to bogey the last hole like, a, like an a-hole to miss the cut. Uh, 7,300. So, but we did have some good calls. I had, we, we both talked up, uh, CT Pan. He finished in second. He was only 7,800. Uh, we, we had, uh, my highest offers I had finished and the, the one lineup I did play was, uh, RCB and Kirk who both tied for 11th. Yep. Which that's kind of how my week was. I was said, like, I got sits or sits through the cut and my best offers were T11. Do you know why I cashed? You played CT. Well, I had CT Pan, but he wasn't the he wasn't the reason I cashed. I mean, he had a lot to do with it. Well, yes, <laughs> he had a lot to do with it. But the main if the main reason I cash is CT Pan staying doing well on Sunday and finishing second, and then my boy, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Wenerisk Ren Richie Richie. We call him Richie. Oh. Uh, Warinski. Oh, he Richie caught Warinski. fire down the stretch. He shot a 64 on Sunday. Yeah. To uh, a six under to end up, uh, you know, so he ended up shooting. Uh, he ended up Dude, going from second to last to tie 253. I don't even think you fully understand how bad this Sabatini tilt was. Because he, he was like 19th at three under for the round going into hole 11. By the end of hole 15, he was four over for the round and in 53rd or some crap like that. I did tell you when you told me you were playing him. I said, Dude, oh, he God. played good for like 63 holes, and he just had like the worst four. I think he went – this is off memory. It could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he went uh, – I think he went triple par bogey triple. Or maybe it was a double and a quadruple or something like that. Basically – he had two just absolute blow up, like triple Bodhi style holes within four. And it's just like, ugh. Like when he was doing well, I was, I was doing on the stretch. One of them was that, uh, the par five, too. He triple Bodied it. Yeah. He was doing down the stretch, and I was like, oh, if he can fire like two or three under going on this back stretch, yeah, I'll be good. Like it won't even be close. I'll be more than good. And uh, yeah, he just absolutely went nuclear. But it happens, I guess. Yeah, and we actually didn't end up playing a head-to-head. I, we must have just had a brain fart and just never sent it to each other. So, right, so it's still one-on-one. We're still one-on-one in our, in our head-to-heads. We will fire one up this week, and I will claim another victory. I don't know about that. 
this week, though, when we're talking about lineups, um, I think we're both kind of on the same kind of thing. Once again, um, we're, I'm probably going to play. I'm probably going to play my normal, you know, 10 to 15 percent, and then I'm probably going to play of, of my total bankroll, and I'm probably going to play around two to three lineups, uh, just depending on how they work out. I haven't started lineup construction yet. So I, I got to see like what golfers I can fit where and like decide on who I really want to be like my mainstays. Um, and that, a lot of that's going to come down to ownership uh, over the next couple of days looking at that. But uh, yeah, definitely two to three lineups. Yeah. I'm not going to build lineups till tomorrow. Well, um, probably not till tomorrow night to be completely honest, but uh, I'm going to be playing three lineups. I've decided there's enough golfers that I like quite a bit. You want to actually get some exposure to, so I'm probably going to get in some form of a three-match entry uh, on DK um, or DraftKings. Not really sure what uh, dollar limit I'm going to be playing in, but my as far as total entries, I'll probably be in that 10 to 15% range of bankroll like I usually am for golf. So... Uh, now Let's we're kind of through that. You ready to kind of hop into this week? I mean, last week was kind of uneventful without any big names or anything going on. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was eventful because I was tilting so hard and DA points uh, finished high, you know, favorite golfer. Um, but we're going to move into this week. Eric, as always, will you hit us with that course breakdown? Yeah, um, this is the Northern Trust. Um, if the name's not familiar to you, it's formerly called the Barclays. Um, if you're doing some research... The Barclays, like Charles? <laughs> or Barclays? Barclays. Sorry if I said that just a little bit wrong, Mike. But uh, make sure you're noting that when you're doing your research, because I did not originally realize this was the same tournament, so... Trying to do research on the course and stuff. I was in all messed up for like 20 minutes, figured out, but got back on track. Um, this is going to be hosted at Ridgewood Country Club, which is also the same location that held this event in 2014 and 2010. Um, the last time they played here in 2014, the cut line was plus one, and the winner of the event was 14 under. So definitely going to be some birdies out there but nothing crazy with like a minus four cut or anything like that the course is a par 71 uh it's going to be playing between 73 and 7400 yards depending on the day and how they have it set up and uh it's fairly balanced as far as the yardages go it's got four par threes three par fives 11 par fours but uh, looking at the holes, there's a pretty big variety. I know, I think it was last week we had a bunch of par fours around the same distance. Uh, this week, it looks like the holes are pretty spread out as far as the length across the board on them. That's all I got. It's, uh, it's a pretty straightforward course. It's got some small greens. Uh, playing around the greens is going to be pretty important. But uh, from everything I've read and heard, it's a pretty straightforward course. All right. So when you're, when you're talking about a uh, straightforward course – and you know pretty spread out it doesn't really favor it's it's like decently long but not super the length's inconsistent like there's a par five that plays like mid sixes but then there's also a par four that's drivable so i don't think it's gonna play quite as long as the yardage seems because i feel like there's some holes that are really long and then a lot of them are just average or maybe a little shorter 
Cool. So when you're when when you when you look at the course breakdown and you were doing your research this week, um, what stats would you say you were you were looking at um, when you were when you were coming up with your model? Yeah. Well, normally I like to look at the last couple of years and try to figure out what stats have been um, consistent for over the last two or three years as far as guys do well. This one's a little bit different because it does rotate courses and. The last time I played here was 2014, so I kind of looked more heavily at that because I wanted a real good idea of what guys did on this course. And for me, um, unquestionably, the two stats that had the most correlation between doing well in this event and the actual stats themselves was short stain for short game and around the greens. Now, I think a lot of that obviously comes into play because it does have smaller greens here, so you're going to have a lot of guys missing some of these greens. It's going to be important. They're getting up and down, um, even on par fives, getting wedges up close to them, self-birdie opportunities. Uh, also, uh, I think approach is really important. Just Approach is just kind of important every golf tournament to me. I mean, that's where you're making your birdies. If you're getting them in there close into these greens and giving yourself opportunities. Um, I'm looking at tee to green. Just because tee green's a staple stat for me, I'm gonna have that in every every week, kind of like approach. Uh, it's a really good measure of just how guys are playing. Uh, I guess short stain par four. Um, anytime, anytime there's eleven par fours, and then you also get uh, some of them are kind of shorter too. So I think there could be a lot of birdies on some of these par fours. So that's a really important stat for me. And then, as usual, I uh, have DraftKings points in there. I don't weigh it very heavily, but it's definitely something I like to factor in every week. For sure. I uh, I agree. Um, I'm very similar on my on my stats here. I have um, – when, when I'm looking at it, I have short game uh, – strokes game, short game, strokes and approach, par fours, DK points. Around the green, we have all the same stats. We might have weighed them a little bit differently. Um, but for me, short game, uh, strokes, strokes gained, short game, and strokes gained approach are my two main stats. Um, when looking at this course breakdown, it just seems like those stats are the most, and looking back through history, those stats just seem to be the most important. Um, and then I also, I've started, and this is a new thing, but, um, and, I'm, and we'll see how it works out, but. I do think I'm going to start waiting putting slightly um, just because in, in these, in these, especially in these tournaments with, a, with a really good field putting, putting can definitely be the difference between, you know, finishing top five and finishing top 15 or, you know, that there could be those tiers. So does this I'll, mean you're going to start like Jason day more? Uh, I definitely <laughs> might like Jason day a little bit more. That's that's definitely something that might happen. You're always shooting me down on Jason Day, but if you're gonna start weighing putting, I might be able to bring you around on it a little bit. You might. But um, one thing I have uh, heard is obviously read articles around the industry, listen stuff, just kind of idea of sense of where guys are for ownership and stuff. But I keep uh, I seeing some differing opinions on if bombers should be guys that are kind of being targeting here. Um, I think a lot of people do see the par 71 playing up to 7,400 yards and think that's probably set up more for a bomber. But personally, uh, looking back at the stats here, I know when I was looking up driver distance uh, going back to 2014, like it just didn't really seem like it was that important. 
Um, looking at the stats, uh, guys are hitting more fairways and average drive distance is cut way down. So I think a lot of guys are clubbing down at least on enough holes to make a difference here. So I know there are some people that think bombers might kind of fit just because if you just looked at the yardage and it being a par 71, but I'm not specifically going to be targeting bombers. Obviously, if a guy grades out well and he also hits the ball far, yeah, that's great. But I'm not going to be going after those guys specifically. Right. I And, that, and that's kind of how I'm looking at putting. Like, it's not like I'm I'm not weighing it very heavily, but I'm using it kind of as a tiebreaker. If I'm in between two guys, but one guy is, just, is, is putting better, I might choose them over another golfer because in the end, if you don't putt well, you don't have a good chance of doing well in a tournament. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to putt well. It's just putting can be a little bit inconsistent week to week, but I definitely get looking at it uh, kind of more from your perspective, like you're saying, kind of a tiebreaker. Uh, if all things are equal and one guy's a better putter, leaning that way makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Yeah, so those are our stats. Like we said, um, like we can always shout out um, Fantasy National Golf Club website. Uh, it is what we use to get all the stats. Um, it is amazing. It goes stats all the way back to what, 2012. Yep. And, um, so you can find so much information. I mean, more information than you can even use. Um, it is, it is absolutely incredible. It's pretty cheap. Um, I would highly recommend it. It's definitely a place if you're wanting to get into, um, DFS for golf, I, I think in, and you don't have the, you don't, you're not an Excel expert and can't make your own model. It's definitely worth the money. Yeah, it totally is. Um, I know it's completely changed how I approach, uh, DFS golf. And, um, I think anyone who actually gives it a shot will feel the same exact way. You definitely won't regret it. Yep. And there's a bunch of tutorials and stuff that you can watch. If you look at it and you're like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Uh, you there they have videos that will teach you too so yeah i remember uh, when we first started using it i just literally sat there and like messed around clicked on stuff for like a couple hours there was just so much stuff to look through it was awesome all right so this week we got some golfers it's a really loaded field oh it's yeah this is as m- it's major the, caliber field yep so this is the start of the playoffs so the top 125 golfers in the world rankings are are in this, and the FedEx Cup standing points are in this. Not the world rankings, but the FedEx Cup points. Um, That's actually something I want to mention real quick, too. Um, you just reminded me of it. I think it's really important for this week as far as not talking about the course, but the tournament in general, is it is a smaller field, but it is still top 70 anti's making the cut. So in a normal event, when you're getting roughly uh, 45 to 50% of the field, just doing some rough math here off the top of my head, uh, in this one, you're going to be getting over half the field is making it through the cut by quite a wide margin. So maybe you can get a little bit riskier on some guys who make a lot of birdies, but you have to worry about the cut. Maybe you don't have to worry about it quite as much with them. And this week, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty imperative to have six for six through. You're going to have to have it. Yeah. I mean, to do really well. Um, I mean, obviously, there's always those oddballs out there that are going to have five or six, but their five golfers are going to finish in the top 15. Yeah. I mean, you're ta- but, if you're talking ties, too, you're going to be having 70 to 80 golfers making through the cut. That's like two-thirds of the field. 
So if you're not getting sits or sits through this week, you might be able to squeeze them in cash, but you're not going to be doing anything special, that's for sure. Nope. All right, so let's start. Let's get into our break. Let's get into our players here. As okay. always, we're going to – we're going to start um, at 10K and up. Okay. Um, I will go first. Um, is it dinner time? I don't know what that was. There's a dingy <laughs> of a bell. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, 10K and up. All right. I like three guys. I like three guys. I think we'd probably like the same three guys. Uh, Maybe. I have Justin Thomas. All right. Uh, I like him. He's been on a heater recently. I think he's been top six his last two events. Uh, and yeah. he, he grades out number five in my model. I think being the second highest golf, second highest price golfer, he might slip a little bit under the radar because um, it's like Dustin Johnson usually gets some ownership and then some guys like lower get ownership. So I like Justin Thomas a lot. I like your boy, Jason Day. Finishes ninth in my model. Uh, he's number one in strokes uh, in, in strokes gained short game. Number two in around the green. And that's putting stat. He's one of the best in the field. What's he ranked? Uh, putting pulled he's up. number five in okay. the field. As I said, I guarantee you he's top five or six. So that, and then come on. If you're talking about iron play, approach shots, DK points, recent form, world cheering. You got to be talking about the greatest of all time, Tiger Woods. Mike, I have a question. Yes. Since we started this podcast, have you not recommended Tiger Woods? Uh, no, but have I been wrong? No, he's been playing great golf. So I'm just saying, I my think- Tiger radar is still on. He just finished. He just finished second. Um, you know, two weeks ago, he has been in great form. And if you're talking about a course where he doesn't have to use his driver off the tee, you're talking about a week that Tiger can dominate. So I'm going to be playing Tiger. He's my stone cold lock of the week. I will eat the ownership because I guarantee a top five. Guarantee it. That's a pretty bold statement in this field. Um, I like Tiger as well. Um, I'm pro- I'll have Tiger on at least one lineup out of my three lineups. I know that for sure. I'm not going to be going as far as you um, as lock him. At most, I'd have him on two. Um, just because I do get nervous, I don't know. It's just he hurt me for too many years as far as having hope that Tiger had, was fully there. But it does feel different this time. Um, other guys, I like the same two guys you do. Um, Justin Thomas, same thing you said. Um, I have noticed it seems like a lot of times when the guys right below Dustin Johnson and pricing kind of goes a little bit under-owned. Um, although, this tour, although this tournament's been played on different courses, for what it's worth, the tournament history on different courses, he's had a T6, T10, and T16 last three years. So this is an event he typically shows up and performs well in. Um, although, like I said, it is a different course. Maybe it has something to do with the playoffs starting and he really – Turns it on for it, seems like. I mean, he's one of the best golfers in the world. Yeah. And um, he's just been playing really well these past um, couple tournaments after having a, a little bit of a slump. Um, but, man, when I watched him um, two weeks ago, God, he was just – he was so locked in. Oh, when he's on, he's 
as good as anyone. Yeah. No doubt about that. So, so I think you know he's definitely a good play. Um, all right, so let's let me get go. my last guy in because I do want to talk about Jason Day real quick. Okay. Um, was it last week or week before? I was all over him. I think it was two weeks. No, he didn't play last week. Last time he played in, I was all over him. Uh, like him again this week. Um, I know I brought it up last time, but I kind of looked back at the history uh, today when I was looking into him. And his form is so sneaky good over the last like year or so. It's insane. Um, he finished six in this event last year. Since he finished six in this event, he's only finished outside the top 25 in two, two golf tournaments the entire time. And over that span, he has two wins and I can't even count how many top tens over that span too. So it's literally the calendar year. This guy's only had two weeks where you could have played him and not been happy with the result. So I don't think he quite, quite gets talked up enough for just how consistent he's been. But yeah, that's all I got. 10 K range. Uh, you want to start the nine K or you want me to, um, I'll go. I'll, uh, I started the 10 K. So let's alternate. You can go with your nine K plays. All right. I don't have a whole lot here. Um, I do have John Ram. Um, he grades out 14th on my model, but he's been playing well lately. I had a 17th at the WGC, a fourth at the PGA, kind of a little bit quietly. I mean, he was getting a little bit talked about, but he's just his his big deal is being a hothead. But he's insanely talented. If he's on his game, he can hang with anyone in any tournament. I really do believe that. And then the other guy I have is Malinari, who kind of had a bad showing at the WGC coming off the open, maybe a little bit of a hangover from winning a major. I think he finished 35th or 36th or something, something around there that week. And then bounced back and very, very quietly put up a good showing at the PGA. I mean, I hardly even heard his name mentioned during the tournament. And sure enough, the guy finished at six. He just does what he does. He never makes mistakes and he's just consistent week in and week out. Um, he's down the 9,500. So it's not a, egregious price by any means and although he doesn't grade out as well as i would like as far a lot of the short game measurements um the guy's hitting the ball so well right now he's just pounding greens and making birdies on a ton of holes so the real reason you never you didn't hear about uh molinari uh at the pga was that was tiger week (laughs) and there's no way that molinari was getting any TV time over a tiger, a roaring Tiger Woods who was ch- trying to chase down Brooks Kepka at no, PGA. And I get that. I really do. It's just, he's just so under the radar. I mean, you'd think the guy coming off winning the Open would get a little bit of coverage, right? Not, when, then, not when Tiger's, not when Tiger's playing that I mean, well. He won the last major and then finished six. And he, Tiger Woods is golf. When Tiger Woods is no longer playing in the PGA, they're going to have again viewership problems they had the highest rated ever pga championship yeah they need to figure something i don't think they'll have problems though i don't know there's enough young stars in the game now i think they'll be okay but he definitely helps uh, yeah, no he, doubt about that he makes golf okay do you have anyone else in the 9k right? no i just got those two okay so um he's gonna be super chalky he grades out amazing he's number one on my model but i don't think you can go wrong playing him justin rose I mean, he's fourth yep. in short game, sixth in around the green, fourth in DraftKings points, second in par fours, great putter, good approach game. His worst stats, 24. Justin Rose, he's been playing amazing. 
he's had that back spasms a few weeks ago, but I, I, when I was watching him, I didn't see any, any ish, any cause for concern. He was still playing well. So I like Justin Rose, Molinari, as you mentioned, sneaky uh, play, which is weird to say because he is the, you know, you know, what is it? Golf champion or champion golfer of the year. Yeah. Um, and I do think he's still going to get some decent ownership just because people are not going to ignore the fact that his last two majors, he's won and finished six. There's yeah. No way. I mean, he's definitely going to get some, he's not going to, you're not going to get him at like crazy, like under 10 or something, but you're not, I don't think he's going to be the you know, super high owned. Um, and then the last guy that I like, you know, Mr. 59, Mr. Brand Snedeker, uh, grades out third in my model. He's second in short in strokes game, short game, 16th in approach, 16th in around the green, 24th in DraftKings points in the last 24 rounds. Par fours, you know, he's 45th, but as we mentioned, I don't know if I should even be grading par fours that much with some shorter par fours. There, I don't, I that this stat isn't going to encompass those. Um, but in general, and he's, he's a really good putter. So at 9K, I think he's going to be lower owned because uh, I think a lot of times after a player wins a golf tournament, the next tournament, they come in a lot lower owned. But that's not to say that at 9K, he still can't get like a top, you know, 15, top 20 and and still pay off his price. And he's, you know, in the form he's been in, he could even do better than that. So I like me some sneds. Uh you know, it's not like I, I I don't think he's an amazing, but his form is his form has been like pretty pretty solid over the past uh, past few rounds. I mean, obviously he had the win last week, forty second of the PGA, but then he had an eighth, a third. You know, he has a bunch of top tens on the year, so I mean, he can he can definitely do it in GPP at a lower ownership. Yeah, I get it. Um, he's fine. I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with playing him at all. Um, I'm just probably not going to be there myself. Uh, I'd rather just find a little bit extra money, go a little bit higher in that 9K range. Um, as far as Justin Rose goes, uh, full disclosure, he grades out number one in my model. Um, I think he's going to be really popular at that price. And I also, yeah, the back spasms, um, it's probably honestly not a thing, but it makes me feel a little bit better about fading Justin Rose to his ownership. So I'm going to hope that there's at least a possibility that maybe it is a thing and uh, you get a free win on that call. I hope Justin Rose has back spasms. No, like I, I hope it's not like a devastating injury, but you know, if it like tightened up a little bit on Friday down the stretch and maybe misses a shot that he, he normally makes. Lands. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to act like I'd be angry about the situation. Yeah, like, it's some back soreness. He'll be okay. Like if it wins me some money and he's okay in a week, then so be it. If you know, yeah. If one of the highest on players is going to trunk slam and you fade him, it's probably going to be a good week for you. All right. So let me do the 8K range here. Uh, I have two guys. One. Is I, one got my, I got a few. So I'll go with my two because these are the only two that I like. You're not talking me on anyone else. All right. I like. I like one of my favorite golfers um, in in the PGA right now is my boy ZJ, Zach Johnson. Grades out eighth in my model. He's 11th in short game. He's 11th in, a pro, in around the green. He's 10th on par fours. He's a good putter. Um, his approach is the only thing that's slightly shaky, but, you know, 
his short game is good. So I'm I'm gonna take it for what it's worth. He grades out eighth, like I said. And then Zach Johnson, he's just Mr. I'm gonna top twenty five or top twenty like every tournament. He's top I'm in. twenty every event since we started this podcast. He's top twenty every event since the US Open <laughs> that he's played in. Um, actually top nineteen if we wanna be specific. So the dude's just form is insane. Um and and he's only eighty seven hundred. I don't know. He's probably going to be like a billion percent owned because I don't think so. And well, if he's not, then I even think, better. I think he's a little expensive. Like I like him a lot, but I think he's expensive enough that it's gonna keep well, some people off. From okay. Him. Well, along with so I'm probably gonna have a lot of Tiger Zach Johnson lineups this week. That's that's probably gonna be where I'm at. And the other guy I like, um, not because his forms is very inconsistent. But he won here in 2014. 10. What? 2010? Sure. Yeah, he won in 2010. What, T? He had a top five or something. Yeah, and he had a T5 in 14 and a win in 2010. Uh, reason we bring those years up, those are the last two years it was played on this course. Yeah, and uh, if it's funny, you, and these are just silly things. Don't take this for, like, for any weight, but his last seven events is like T20, miscut, Play, I don't know, T20 miscut, T20 miscut. Ride the wave. So this would be an event that he would, uh, that he wouldn't <laughs> miss the cut. So, and he's won here twice. Course history in golf is weirdly important. Players just sometimes like certain courses. Um, I mean, I, even as an amateur golfer, I, I like certain courses um, more than others. So, like, I can see why golfers might like it. I mean, Eric loves the course that he shot his lowest round ever on. Um, so, like, you're going to have Who those. doesn't? Yeah, right. So <laughs> Who Kuchar, doesn't love the course exactly. that shot the best so round So, like, on. he's probably going to go super low owned because he hasn't been playing that well. He's kind of expensive. But for his course history and, you know, if you want to ride that wave, he's going to have a good week this week. Yeah, and um, I do think ownership is going to be a little bit balanced out this week um, when you have this deep of a field. Don't usually see guys get crazy high owned or crazy low. Uh, but Kutcher is popping up on Fantasy Nationals being fairly low owned in comparison to a lot of guys. So I think he definitely makes sense from a GPP perspective. Um, he's one of the guys I'm on as well. Uh, I have one guy I'm going to save for the end here. But Zach Johnson, uh, there's not a whole lot that needs to be said. Uh, you kind of mentioned it all. He's just really consistent form right now. Um, his price is kind of getting up to the point where a T20 is not necessarily good enough. That's that's false. That yeah. is that is a, that is fake news. It's good enough, but like he's not going to kill you at that price. Not playing him for T20s. Like once you start jumping that 9K range, like close to 9K range, like I'm hoping you get a T10 or higher. Yes, Personally. you're you're shooting like for the moon. I play in smaller events. If I get a bunch of guys that are in the T in T25, no, I'm going to do well. Like, yeah, I get it. It's obviously good, but like I'm just saying, it's a lot different than it was when he was like 7,500 a couple weeks ago, and it was like a slam dunk play when he was a T20 and everything. It was absolutely amazing because he's no longer a value play. Is what no. I mean by it. No, but he's too good to be a value play. Yeah, but I'm saying like the last a couple weeks ago, he was a value play, and it was just insane. I obviously still like him. Yeah, but I don't like you spitting bad juice on him. I'm just saying, I uh, give me a T10. I mean, he can do it. Oh, he definitely can. 
That's but, what I'm saying. Just do it. I mean, I will take a T15 from him. All right, T15. You give me a T15, I'll be happy. But he's not made some birdies while he's doing it. And then uh, Patrick Cantlay, um, I know I'm favorited. I like him. He grades out 16th on my model. He's been in pretty good form lately. Um, he's one of those guys that just never really wows me, but just always seems to play some pretty good golf and grades out pretty well as far as checking bots' perspective. So definitely someone I have interest with in that price range. Um, he's right by Zach Johnson. I'm going to play Zach Johnson over him. So it's just uh, if I need a few different lineups, I don't want to go all in on Zach Johnson. Maybe that's where I did a little bit different. And then uh, I got one guy that's total GPP play, large field. Um, don't play this guy unless you're playing a really large field because it could go really badly. But uh, how about some Mr. Patrick Reed at 8,400? He does always play well in big tournaments. He always steps up for big tournaments. He finished T9 last time they played here. Uh, the last two years for this tournament, he's got a T20 and a win. Um, he's one of those guys that I feel like just the Ryder Cup starts coming up, um, the FedEx Cup playoffs, like he gets up for these type of events. Um, he's in bad form. I mean, he's got a missed cut, a 28th, a 28th, a missed cut. He did finish fourth at the U.S. Open, so I guess it's not like – it hasn't been like a wasted summer or anything for him. Uh, like I said, if I'm playing three lineups, I'm probably going to have Patrick Reed on one of them. I'm not saying go out there and get crazy with them, but I could wouldn't surprise me at all to see Patrick Reed put up a strong finish. Yeah, I mean, you can't – I mean, he's a fiery dude. He likes big tournaments. He likes the big moments. He likes mismatching his clothes and, um, <laughs> you know, going out there and looking like a jackass. But Funny story on that. Uh, yeah, so – Mike here made fun of me for wearing navy and blue before, and I was like, yeah, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And then I forget what tournament it was. It was probably like a month ago. He was Patrick Reed was playing something and he wore navy and uh, navy and black clothes together and he was getting ripped on Twitter and stuff. So I remember I was telling Mike, I was like, all right, maybe you're right on that one. I need to stop doing that. Eric's fashion is <laughs> like he gets dressed in the dark every day. So don't ever ask him for fashion advice. Yeah, I'll slip the golf. Um, and yeah, I mean, Patrick Reed, I don't, I don't really like the guy. But he just seems like an asshole. Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't talk to his parents. They like try to like reconcile their relationship, and he refuses. Sounds like Aaron Rodgers. They're probably best friends. They do kind of seem like they would get along. To be yeah, honest, yeah. I'm not looking. They probably are friends. Yeah. I need to look into it now. They probably just get together and talk about how much they hate their families and you know the people that raised them. You know, screw them. I don't want to give them any of my money. I don't know the whole story, Petri. I think it has something to do with his wife. Something with, like, the wife and the parents. I don't know. There's probably a whole mess of stories behind it that we'll never even find out, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, it's not really our business, but you know what? It is if it affects this golf game. Screw Aaron Rodgers. And Patrick Reed, I'll only root for you when you're, when you're playing for America in, like, a month. All right. So uh, that's it for me in this AK range. Do you have anything to miss? Uh, no, but don't play Tyrell Hatton. Dude, no. He will ruin your lineups. I don't even know why he's 8,100. He's terrible. So uh, don't do that. And then, uh, resi- you know, 
Tony Finau, we've been everyone's oh, been on him forever. Everyone's off him. He's gonna win now. Yeah, I mean everyone's <laughs> off him. I don't have him started. He doesn't grade out well for this course, um, at least with the stats that we're looking at. Um, so, but watch, he'll it's, probably win. It's probably honestly not a bad GPP if you're playing a lot of lineups, large field, like. The guy's good at golf, and it's finally a situation where everyone's jumping off him. That's usually the time it makes sense to jump off. It's Ryder Cup time. He's right on the fringe. So, yeah. I mean, if he can – If he go out and win a tournament, like if he goes out and like wins this or something, he he locked it up. Yeah, he's going to get in over your boy. Can we get Phil out? No. Do I have to rant about this every week? Phil Mendelson should not be on the Ryder Cup team. There's enough camaraderie. With all the young guys, they don't need them. There's clearly better golfers. Yeah, just put. I, I think they should just have make him a team a captain. captain. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with it either. But I mean, if they were smart, they wouldn't. Um, they should be taking Fino and Xander. Or you know, actually, no. For just in spite of you, I hope Fino makes it and Xander gets left. Oh, off. Xander will get in over Fino. Not if Fino goes out and wins this tournament. I mean, if Xander gets like second, then maybe still. Xander shows up when it counts, and I think that's something they weigh a lot. So let's let's go to your 7K range where your boy Xander's at. Are you on your boy Xander? You know what? I don't even have him. 75th in my model. How much does he cost? I don't even have him. 7,800. He's 75th in my model. He's 82nd in mine. So even worse. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to say this for clarity purposes. Um, Xander's probably a bad play. He grades out really bad. He's not been doing that great lately. But John Oda last week, he did well in a tournament. No, so. I just want to say this. So if he does do awesome and I have him on a lineup, people aren't like, oh, what the hell? You're playing guys that you're not recommending. I'm going to play Xander on a lineup this weekend. It's probably not the smart thing, but just know that I'm going to be playing him on a lineup. All right, moving down into. I cannot wait for the rage <laughs> that will be induced when Xander's like plus six. I'm literally just playing him for the week that he does win. I can just touch it to you. Literally, I'm just going <laughs> to play him every week until then. Um, moving down to the guys that I actually would recommend is uh, good plays for everyone else to play. Uh, Ian Poulter. Uh, he's been playing great golf lately. Uh, 7600s, a very, very affordable price. Grades out seventh in my model. Uh, the short game's checking out. Around the greens is checking out. Everything else is pretty good. Nothing, not jumped off the page, but just really solid all around. Um, he's got a 10th, a 12th, and a 31st last three events. So he's been playing good, and he can go out there and make some birdies for you. Uh, moving past him, uh, actually have a little bit of interest in Kevin Na, which sounds kind of weird to say because I don't think I've said a good word about Kevin Na since we started doing this podcast, really. I mean, I don't hate the guy. He's just not someone who... The, the thing is, is he's not a bomber by any means. So a lot of the courses we've done have been bomber. Like, yeah. Um, kind of... Yeah, I mean, WGC, you want to be pretty long. You didn't do very well there. PGA, I mean, he had a 19th last week, at P, or two weeks ago with PGA, so it's not like guys playing bad. I mean, he won the Greenbrier... Uh, in May, he had two top six finishes. So, like, the guy's definitely got potential to go out there and shoot good. Um, I think he's okay. He just ties one of these mid-7K guys to try to fill out a lineup, let you get some more top-end offers in there. And then uh, Brian Gay uh, grades out 28th for me. He's only 7,100, so he's starting to get down to that point where it's a real value play. Um, 
Like I said earlier, I think short game's really important here. He grades out 12th over the last 24 rounds. And uh, quietly, he's just really turned into a good cut maker. I mean, uh, since May 13th at the Players, he's made every cut except one. And uh, he's got one, two, three, three top tens in there with a couple 12th place finishes too. So he's not just making cuts. Um, he's actually putting up some pretty good finishes. And at 7,100, that's all you can really ask for. That's all I got, though. So right, I got two other guys. I like the same guys you do, but I have two other guys. Uh, Stuart Sink. Dude's just been. Oh, you like Xander? No. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't even have my boy Webb start, okay? So, Stuart Sink, uh, 7,500, six to my model. Um, you know, his stats are pretty good. He's 11th in approach, sixth in around the green, seventh in DraftKings points, fifth on par fours. A little bit. He's kind of middle. He's kind of uh, top. What uh, top third of the field in, in short game? Um, putting's not great, but recent form. I mean, he's just been making cuts ever since the beginning of June. Um, and at seventy five hundred, like you don't need him to do anything special. You just need him to put up some points. Yep. And he does, he's been doing that. And then, as much as I don't want to make this play, oh Josh, who is it? It's the ninth. Plays ninth person on the Ryder Cup list. Oh, jeez. His name, he's, everyone hates him. He's the villain of the PGA. Please not make the Ryder Cup. Mr. Compass, Mr. One Length Clubs, you know, Weird Swing, Bryson DeChambeau, 14th in my model. Honestly, at 7,400, I think, I don't really like love the dude by any means. But being ninth in the Ryder Cup standings, um, I really don't have to root against America. With um, you know how he's been playing overall this year, I mean his last three events have not been great, but overall for the year he's been a pretty solid golfer. And yeah. I just think seventy four hundred is a little bit underpriced for someone who has the ability that he has. Um, so I'm not saying like I mean his form hasn't been good. He missed the cut at the PGA. He was thirtieth at the WGC, which is a non cut event. And then he had, he was 51th at, 51 at the Open. But before that, it's like his finishes are like 9, 25, 1, 4, 3, 2. Like, so he's had like, he's had a lot of top fives this year. And at 7,400, you're just not going to find that in a lot of golfers. Yep. So, not that he's my favorite play, but I do think it's worth mentioning him because I do think he's a little bit underpriced. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He probably is with how he has golf this year. I get it as a flyer. I just don't really like the guy and really hope he doesn't make the Ryder Cup. So hopefully he just bombs out of this event completely. But I guess I can't really let that affect uh, DFS too much. But I'm not going to be playing him. Uh, I won't have any of them. All right, uh, so 6,000 we or six thousand range. We both like the same dude. So Same you, two? Yeah, so you just take him and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. All right, uh, Joel Damon, uh, 6,800, grades out 17th in my model. He's number one in the field in uh, short-stained approach, number three, T to green, number eight, draft gains points. Uh, he does not check the box of short game, which I do think is really important this week. But due to the fact that he checked so many other boxes and the form's been so good lately, um, I'm going to take a shot on it. Um, last few events, I mean, he's at 8th, 15th, 2nd, and a 5th, and he's under 7K. He, he also 23, played, by the way. Yeah, he played uh, – yeah, 23. He did play in the Barracuda. 
Um, I don't have it pulled up exactly how he did in that event. He did event. decent at that event, too. Did he? Okay. I didn't have it pulled up right in front of me, so I wasn't sure. But the guy's form, like, he's not going to blow the page, pages off anyone or anything like that, but, like, he should not be 6,800. Well, ever since the Quicken Loans, when he yelled at some dude for cheating, uh, the dude just went on fire. So Yeah. I I'm going to keep riding ride, it. Ride the heat. Ride the heat. Yeah. He's been on a couple lineups for me that have done pretty well since we started this. So I'm going to keep riding it. Another guy I have, um, guy I played last week in my lineup is Chris Kirk. Uh, last week he grayed out number two. This week using different stats, he grades out 23rd. So guys obviously just grading out in a lot of botches and playing some good golf. Um, the only thing around the greens, he's a little lower, but short game's good. Approach is good. Uh, he stores drafting points. He stores on these par fours. Um, this guy is just turned into an absolute cut maker. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven cuts in a row he's made now. Last time he missed the cut was April first at the Shell. Uh, over that span, he's got let's say like four or five, uh, four finishes in the top eleven. So not just making those cuts, but actually put up some good finishes. I used to say he didn't. I just pulled it up. He didn't do that good at the Barracuda. He yeah. was doing well. I really wish he just had I, the Barracuda. I never again. watched it, but he. I know he was doing well at one point, but he ended up T54. So he okay. So he had a bad weekend there. But other than that. It's a weird event. Yeah. It was on the same time as the WGC. I was watching the WGC all weekend. I literally paid the Barracuda as little attention as you possibly can but it is a weird event you know how much attention i paid i had golfers starred on my pga leaderboard app from the week prior and damon was one of them because i've been we've been riding the heater so i was just getting the updates from where how he was doing in the barracuda from the app (laughs) that's as much attention as i paid to the barracuda i was just watching like on my app when my when it would give me an alert of what if they like birdied or something yeah and like I said, um, I'm not really expecting either of those two guys to go out and win it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if either one of them like top 20 and at 6,800, it just opens up so much for you to be able to fit some of these top end studs in that we're trying to get in. Yeah. And then there's, I'm not, the, I just want to mention it, another guy, like not that I'm probably going to play him, but just to kind of get him on your, on your, a couple guys, just to get him on your radar. One would be Abraham answer. Uh, he played really well last week. Uh, he's another rookie on the on the on the on the tour this year. Okay. Um, but he he he's in he's in pretty good form, especially last week. He had a really nice finish, um, and he's only sixty seven hundred. So you could in G- large field GPP or something, throw him in there. And then Troy Merritt, he's also sixty seven hundred. Troy Merritt actually grades out really well in my model. He's um, I think he is top let me let me just let me just pull him up real quick he is troy Merritt. okay i can't find him in my model but uh i <laughs> can't be too high well no he, he <laughs> is just messing with yeah, you yeah, yeah yeah uh he he was he is he is decently high um he is 13th in my model okay so uh at 6700 you know i i feel i feel like i should probably mention him especially you're going to try to fit some of those really high guys in you want to just throw another guy in um, based on my model, like it, he could probably do decent for you. Um, and you know, he's won an event three events ago. He won the Barbasol. So, okay. He has the ability to, to play well. So, but 
that's about it. My main two plays are the ones you mentioned. Just wanted to kind of throw those two guys out. All right. Now, I know, obviously, um, we finished a little bit quicker than we have been, so just want to talk about this real quick. Uh, as far as lineup construction, obviously, we have not built lineups yet. Um, I was tinkering around just a little bit earlier, uh, just not even really as far as players, but just trying to figure out what price range I could fit, especially if you're going to use someone like a Kirk and a Damon. And um, I think it's definitely reasonable to grab two of these upper tier guys this week. And um, if I'm really, really confident Damon and Kirk are going to make it through the cut. So I think my strategy is probably going to be use both those guys and try to go up and get two of these guys up at this top end. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, like I said, I more than likely I'm probably just eating the tiger chalk this week. Uh, as I said, I, I think, I think he's just on an absolute heater right now. He's on top of the world. He's playing some of the best golf in the world right now outside of like Brooks Kepka. So, um, in Molinari maybe, but I don't like, cause he hasn't won, but Tiger Woods and he's just going to have, he's going to have everyone there behind him. Um, I just think he's on an adrenaline high. And then, uh, so I, I'm probably going to play a couple of these higher priced guys. So, um, I'm going to for sure have some Tiger. I don't want it to sound like I'm not interested in him. I think Tiger could win this. Like I'm definitely going to have Tiger. I'm just, it's not, I don't see myself going all in on any of these top guys. I think I actually might take a stand on some of the lower end guys and then mix up a lot of these top end guys and hope I get the guy who wins it. There you go. That's, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Um, we will play each other this week. Um, as we don't, you know, we, we kind of make random lineups against each other. So we yeah, might throw our right. little obscure guys in there just because we, we talk about all these picks with each other. So we sometimes might throw in a guy we, we don't really talk about just so we can try to beat each other. Yeah, just know uh, our head-to-head lineups, if we tweet them out or anything, we're literally only using those lineups against each other. So we definitely – I've noticed both of us usually kind of get weird and throw some crazy guy in there that we didn't even like or talk about just to – uh, we do it mostly for fun, those against one another. So Yeah, we only play for a dollar. It's mostly just for bragging rights, and we just want to keep track of our record, and we'll probably do the same thing throughout football too. So. Oh, football, the family. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we'll have we, – I can't wait for football. We're yeah. going gonna to have a podcast for football um, coming up here in just a couple weeks. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sneaking up on us for sure. Can't wait to take all of our friends' money who think they can play NFL DFS. That's right. Really fun. But football's for a different day. Uh, for now, that's, uh, I think, all we got, right? I, I don't have anything else. I just hope that everyone, uh, it, like I said, if you are listening to this, once again, just mention, follow us on Twitter at SWSDFS. You can follow me at Mike Carls. That's Mike spelled like any other Mike you've ever met in your life. Carls is K-A-R-L-S. Uh, you can follow Eric at Eric9129DFS. Yep. Um, and, and both then, those are on the uh, Twitter page, uh, the bio for the podcast, oh, too. Yeah, that's They're true. both tagged up in there. You can find us. Follow um, Split6 Media on Twitter and on Facebook. That's our hosting. Um, that's our friend's podcast group that hosts us right now. Um, and then, like I said, if you have any questions, email us at swimmingwithsharksdfs at gmail.com but other than that guys 
I hope that you guys go out there, get in some, get in some of those uh, fields, and uh, let's catch some sharks. <laughs>